Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. Just pay $5 shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Barry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week. And as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin. Welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. We have a great show today just because Michael's not here. Yay! <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm just joking. We have the man, the myth, the legend, the man that all the ladies want to be with and all the men that the men want to be, the one, the only the undisputed heavyweight champion from Bojangles, Jay-Z Flair. Jay-Z, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you, sir? I appreciate the introduction. All of that being true, my man. Of course. I truly appreciate, I truly appreciate you inviting me on the show. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I just want to say a big old thank you to Michael for not being here and ruining my day. <laughs> and as, as he was would normally say, you're welcome. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, we, we, we I've had you on a couple of my old podcasts before, and, uh, you know, I'm like, you know what, Let, let's get him on again. You know, you kind of get that, uh, you know, that different type of view, you know, because a lot of the times we'll have a lot of um, a lot of guys from, you know, we've had a few guys from uh, a few workers on. We've had, uh, you know, a couple guys from certain uh, forms or newsletters come on. So it's good to have kind of a... You know, a fan's uh, a view on it, other than myself and Michael. So, um, unfortunately, you know, uh, Ric Flair is not on this card, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I kind of made the, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a mistake, but I kind of made a, uh, a game. I told Michael, this goes back when we first started here on the network, is uh, I will never, ever book Ric Flair to lose. And you never should. No, exactly. You should, you should bring him to the line to where he's about to lose, but he should always come out on top. Oh. Always. Exactly. And you know, and he threw a curveball at me. First, first time I said, he's like, okay, well, so, uh, what was it? Uh, I forgot what it was, but he's like, okay, you got to have so and so beat Ric Flair. I said, okay. So roundabout way, I won't get into it. It's back in the archives. I can't remember what episode it was, but uh, I said, okay, well, so and so is going to win by. Uh, he, 
He, he'll win by DQ because Ric Flair will have the horseman come in and beat him up. Bada bing, bada boom. So it all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, Rick, Rick Flair is Rick Flair is one of those that he was always going to take somebody to their limit, and then he should always overcome. And and it's said a thousand times, but that's what Rick made Rick the world's heavyweight champion. It wasn't that he was just going to go in there and dominate the whole match. Mm-hmm. It was that he brought that person up to his level or where to a level that he wanted him to be at before he dominated them. Yeah. He always made sure that that person was better leaving that ring than they were when they first walked in. And that is a true sign of a true world's heavyweight champion. You know, and that's one of the arguments that, you know, every wrestling fan, whether you're, you know, grew up a WCW, NWA kid, or, you know, uh, WWE, WWF, whatever, you're always going to have that argument with everybody, and I've had it numerous times with people, is, you know, it's either, okay, Ric Flair is the best wrestler of all time, or Hulk Hogan is. I'm like, well, different, somewhat different times, different uh, uh, markets. But, you know, Ric Flair, you could have anybody wrestle him and both guys would get over. You can't nec- – nothing against Hogan personally, but you can't necessarily have that with Hogan though. You know what I mean? What you're, what you're looking at is you're looking at who is either – and let's, let's pull away from wrestling. It's like comparing the world's greatest plumber to the world's greatest electrician. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you need both of them to make sure your house – is built to the proper specs, but both of them are greatest for different reasons, mm-hmm. for different avenues. Mm-hmm. Rick mm-hmm. Rick Flair was the greatest because he brought everything to the ring that a wrestler needed. He had the charisma, mm-hmm. he had the technical skills, he had the ability to make his opponent look good, he had the look. Mm-hmm. Where where Hogan, on the other hand, was able to take advantage of a, of a situation with Vic's man and be able to push that brand like a damn freight train to the top of the damn list. Mm. So I don't think Ric Flair would have been able to do what Hogan did in that aspect because I do believe that Hogan had more charisma mm. than Flair. Mm. <clears throat> no, but no. I think Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I think I think Flair had the ability if he would have been in Hogan's place, yes, I think he would have been able to push the WWF. I don't know if he'd be able to push it as far as Hogan did, but I do believe he'd been able to push the WWF to about the same level that Hogan did. Oh yeah, with, without without question, and it's you know it's going to be the age long argument. You know, Flair Hogan. You could go modern day or semi modern day. Okay, you got you know Hogan or uh, Rock or Austin. Granted, it was in the same same company, but. You know, you're still getting that aspect, and it was unfortunately I didn't, I didn't see Ric Flair until later in his career when he was in uh, you know probably about the mid 90s when he was in WCW, uh, but you know now I'm going back thank God for the network now where I can go back and watch all his great stuff in the early 90s and uh, 80s because I can go back and watch what was it uh, Great American Bash '89 or. Any, any of his trilogies of work with Steamboat or Dusty or Harley Race, and it's just, holy crap, I'll have, you know, I'll have my, my son, six years old, and he'll sit there and watch it with me. Daddy, I want to watch wrestling. Okay, bam, I turn on, I turn on, every time he asks, I'll turn on WCW, I'll turn on the, uh, 
old NWA will have them sit there and watch Flair or something, you know, because, you know, the modern stuff he'll watch a little bit, but he's got the same attention span as I do when it comes to the modern stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's either that or I can have him, uh, you know, come to one of my shows up at Upstate Pro for uh, uh, for some indie shows. But uh, just... well, let's now let's not you know I think a lot of people don't understand that you know you don't get the production value at an indie show that you're going to of a WWE or mm-hmm. Impact or anything like that, but. What you sacrifice in that production is the closeness that you get at an independent show. Yeah. The the fact of, all right, last night I went to a show myself, I was in a show myself, and my wife was actually texting me while I was backstage telling me that she was genuinely concerned that a fight was getting ready to break out in the backstage area because of the way the guys were in the ring. And back, <laughs> you know, back, backstage they come back and they're just as, as cool, calm, and collected. And, mm-hmm. And just as buddy buddy as they were before they went out. <laughs> so it's, exactly. It's one. Of, it's one of those things of it's that intimate feeling that you can get at an indie show mm-hmm. that people miss out on. They they don't they want to see fireworks. They want to hear loud music. They want to see the lights go out. They want to see a laser show. Mm-hmm. And you're you're getting a bunch of stuff, but you're not getting the substance substance that you would with that intimate feeling, man. And it mm-hmm. is a big difference in an indie show yeah. compared to a big one and they will draw you in if you have a a a a, a, on a let's say a uh, a two out of five star indie show will make you feel like you're at a 15 star indie show mm-hmm. because them guys know how to draw you in brother and it, it's absolutely amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> well exactly and, and, and you know and a lot of the times you know we we just started up here in upstate pro wrestling up here in rochester we just started doing a lot of the um you know, the, the the light shows, you know what I mean? The lights at the entrance, you know, get a decent entrance, all that stuff to draw people in that way, you know. And we, it's a very intimate situation where you have, you can reach out, touch your certain certain boys, certain workers. And, you know, you're not going to get that when you go to, you know, Impact is sort of kind of like that, same with Ring of Honor. But, you know, it, you're still far enough away where you, you're not like literally, you know, arm's length from the ring. Uh, and it's just an atmosphere unless you, you know, you work at it like I do or you do over at, uh, where you were last night at American Lucha Wrestling down there in North Carolina. Uh, you you can't, unless you, uh, you're associated with it, you can't, you know, you you can only explain it certain ways, but, uh, now you were actually managing last night over at American Lucha, right? That is correct. That is correct. Yes, sir. Now, who'd you end up managing? I was with uh, the ping pong master himself, Waylon Mays, mm-hmm. and I was with a good friend of mine, a guy I look up to, a guy I respect, the leader of the coffee corpse, the leader of the nerd herd, Seymour Snot, one of the best wrestlers in North Carolina. Oh yeah, no, I if and if you're not a you know if well first and foremost if you're not a follower of Jay Z Flair on Twitter, make sure you're a follower of Seymour Snot on Twitter too because. <laughs> You know, I am a proud member of the Coffee Corps, both through the uh, through the uh, through the show and through my personal page as well. And it's like, you know, every once in a while, I sent a uh, 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 my wife found a coffee creamer. You know, I'm not one that'll dump half a half a bottle of coffee creamer into the coffee like my wife does, but <laughs> I'll have a little in there, you know, to kind of like a little bit of a taste difference. But she found one up at. Um, 
I think she found it at Walmart. It was a, uh, if you're familiar with the Easter candy Peeps, the marshmallows. Yes, sir. Absolutely. They, she found, she, I love Peeps. You know, you kind of open up the bag a little bit, make them get a little stale and then you eat them. Uh, but, oh, oh, bro, look, <laughs> are, 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 that makes one of us that likes Peeps. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand them well, hey there's, there's there's something for everybody and there's something you know it doesn't work for everybody but anyways <laughs> it, it, was, it was it was a coffee creamer that tasted like peeps um you know which pretty much it was a glorified marshmallow uh, uh creamer but yeah it's i, I said seymour a picture of it. he's like dude i gotta get some of that i'm like okay well you gotta better find something at walmart or come up north because i don't know if that's uh you can get that down south so <laughs> No, I'm a I'm a Cadbury cream egg guy for Easter, my man. Oh man, there's not, nothing um, wrong nothing wrong with that. I can definitely tell you that. <laughs> you know, and, and and those things are lethal too because they came out. I don't know how recent it was, but they came out. You know, you get the big honkers, but they also came out with the smaller ones. I'm like, oh my god, those. Oh are, yeah. Oh god, oh, I'll go yeah. through a bag of those in a night. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, those are. Oh, god, they're lethal. I can't. I you have a bag of those and you're basically you're gonna fly around the house literally. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, it, la, la, last night was uh was absolutely amazing, my man. I actually got a, another uh a message for me to come uh and I don't want to say where till we get everything finalized. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else wants me in their corner to come manage them, and the the offer is out there. I, I have I have a fee that I that I charge to manage, and it's a very workable fee. But I'm willing to help anybody who's uh, who needs to help me in their corner. And hopefully ho- hopefully last night won't happen again. We had a, a masked man come in and actually steal my Bojangles championship from, rings, from ringside. Yes, sir, from ringside. And the guy paid dearly for it. Come to fi- <laughs> co- dude, come to find out it was a guy from Cookout. You have no idea how jealous and how easily corruptible people are to get – my Bojangles championship, man. Every corporation, every restaurant out here in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, all of them around here are sending people after me. And I've got a guy now, Skylar Steele, who is after my prized Bojangles championship. And it kills me that people think that just because I have a title and just because they can breathe oxygen – that they can come after me in my championship. It's going to take a whole lot more than that to deserve a chance at my belt. And so now people are resorting to actual larceny and theft and larceny from a person to come get what I treasure. And it's going to end. It's going to end real soon. And I'm sorry I got off on this tangent. No, you're good. But, but brother, I've got some passion when it comes to things that I have rightly earned. And people think that just because they see me on Twitter or they follow me on Twitter, that they could just come take what I have worked so hard my whole life to earn. And it was not created mm. for everybody on earth. It was created for me, the Bojangles champion, the one and the only. It does not matter who you are or what you are, you're just not going to be man enough for me. Nobody. But, like I said, brother, I apologize. I apologize, <laughs> man. I apologize. No, you're good, brother, man. Last night rubbed me raw. 
Uh, it rubbed me wrong. Some cookout corporation. I don't know if you ever heard that place, but you ain't you ain't missing out on anything. They make raw hamburgers and slimy hot dogs, and you're gonna compare that to delicious golden crispy, perfectly seasoned fried chicken that the Bojangles makes? No, sir. No. No, sir. Take your crusty fries and get them out of here. <laughs> get dry barbecue. Nobody wants a cookout. Everybody wants that Bojangles. You sure don't see nobody going out trying to steal the McDonald's championship, do you? Nah. You don't see nobody going after the Burger King? No. Nah. Nah. You don't see none of that. Everybody <laughs> wants some of that Bojangles bodaciousness, brother. Well, there's not no. much I can say to kind of con- to you know follow that up, but <laughs> you know, I just, just got to sit back and breathe, brother. I just got to sit back, sit back and breathe. Yeah, take a nice sip of that drink you got, and you know, kind of ah, uh, who's that? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, all I know is I could, sitting right here in my prized belt room. All I'm doing right now, I'm turning around right now, looking right at that beautiful belt sitting on my shelf. Not anybody else's shelf. My shelf. Oh, yeah. My shelf. You know, and now, to go back to, you know, the show last night, you know, for those, you know, for those of you out there that listen to the show and don't know Jay-Z, you know, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, uh, they don't, if you do know, if they do know you, they know that you dress in style uh, with your oppo suits. What suit were you uh, uh, wearing last night for this show? Well, American Lucha got the honor and the privilege to have me debut my brand new, custom-made, one and only, Bojangles Cajun Filet Biscuit Suit. (laughs) The only one in existence, brother. Why? Because it was custom-made from Bojangles. For me, their champion. So you finally, I, I know you sent me the picture a while back saying that it yes, was in sir. the works. So it finally, it finally arrived. It finally arrived, brother. Now, apparently there was a little bit of confusion on, uh, on when it was supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. They thought, the people that made the suit thought they had more time than they did. And I told them, no, no, you do not. I've <laughs> got to have it. I've got to have it. For America Lucha's inception, I have got to have it. These people need me, and they need me to be there in A++ level, brother. They are they need more than the pineapples. They need more than the flamingos. They need more than the stars and stripes. They need the Bojangles champion to be above and beyond so the people would come out. And I ain't trying to brag, but we just got to lay a little bit of truth on there. Mm. Due to me being there, just managing, ticket sales went up 50%. There you go. 50%. 50%. And and I guarantee you, if I'd have told them that if the people had known that the suit was going to be there, it'd have been 150%. Was that that advertised? Were you advertised for the show or no? No, sir. It's just word of mouth for me, my man. When when Jay-Z makes an appearance, brother, people are going to want to come out. There you go. You ought to see the line at Bojangles every morning here in my hometown, brother. People just want to get a glimpse a glimpse of me and I, I can't blame them but I, i'm easily approachable easily i sign i take pictures no charge the only thing that i ask people to do is buy a t-shirt now and then if you want to support me that's mm-hmm. all i ask mm-hmm. 
There you, there you have it. Yeah, you know, we, we uh, us here at the uh, Revisionist Booking uh, are a partner, well, a roundabout way are partners with the same company that you are with What For Apparel. Um, a- absolutely, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, Josiah does a great job with his and his company out there, and uh, I believe he's out of Colorado and do, does does great work. His whole company it, does. And it's not, it's not only the quality of their product. Mm-hmm. You would not be amazed at how many people come to me and say, "Dude, I ordered my shirt yesterday and it's already shipping." Mm-hmm. They are they are going to make sure that you get your shirt as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. And not only that, they will work with you in any way, shape, or form. I had a guy buy a shirt from me, actually got lost in the mail. They made him another one and sent him one at no charge to him or me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that, they did they great ate, work. They ate that. And did not and and did not even approach me about the issue. They mm-hmm. handled everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it, they have been an absolute pleasure to work with. Yeah. An absolute pleasure. Yeah, and, and another uh, you know another friend of ours that uh, that is associated with Wolf for Apparel, um, the uh, NWA pod uh, uh, podcast with um, Adam Rotella too, is associated too with him too. And you know for those. Uh, uh, you definitely make your appearance there in his show too. So, <laughs> uh, Adam Adam has a lot of I, I don't know the I don't know a word to describe Adam. <laughs> I really do, I really don't. But the man is is something that people need to latch on to while yeah. they still can because he's headed to the moon and <laughs> I'm just gonna hold on for the ride, brother. Because he he's going places that a lot of place a lot of us want to be mm-hmm. and he's going to achieve. He's got mm-hmm. that he's got that desire, he's got that drive to get where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of those I I talked to uh, I don't know if it's himself or his uh, lovely girlfriend there that runs his uh, Twitter page but uh the show's page. But uh, I said look love to have you on and definitely in the works with him coming on in the next uh, next uh few weeks to a month or so to talk to us about uh you know that upcoming wrestlemania season and what have you so yeah definitely on the short list of uh guys to have on because you know definitely like his work uh and uh, uh not to put him over too much he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't need to be put over anymore just like so similar to you jay-z you know you don't have to be put over too much you cut you're over enough as it is by yourself uh but uh but yeah, it's just a phenomenal, you know, phenomenal time to, you know, to be associated one with independent wrestling and two be associated with, uh, with, uh, with wrestling podcasting, and and to go from there, you know, we we talked briefly a couple of days ago. You're actually starting a, a podcast yourself, right? Yes, sir. That is exactly right. We're actually calling it a smooth cast. Okay. It's walk. It's walk the walk, talk the talk. Uh, we are actually on Twitter. We are just getting started, and I appreciate you. Let me give a shout out for the uh, for the podcast. There, mm-hmm. we're at, we're at WTW Smoothcast on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to be discussing wrestling. We're going to be talking women. We're going to be talking liquors. We're going to be talking cigars. We're going to be talking anything that interests men. We want to be what what wrestling fans come to mm-hmm. when they need help with anything about being a man mm-hmm. about being a man's man uh the last show we just recorded we try to help a gentleman talk to a girl that he's interested in at work what he can do to to kind of 
get to know her a little bit better to kind of take that edge off of him so he mm-hmm. can be able to approach her. What if he gets that shot to take her on out on a date? What he needs to do on that date mm-hmm. uh, to boost that confidence. Mm-hmm. That's what we're about. We're going to be about helping men be better men. Mm-hmm. So now, with that being said, now now we can actually start putting that uh, doctor uh, title before you now too. You can be start being like <laughs> Doctor Phil or Doctor uh, Doctor Adam or whatever. You know, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure we could find some sort of person to kind of doctor up a uh, a, a medical degree for you and kind of put put that right next to the uh, Bojangles Championship for you too. So. There you go, brother. Now, my my co-host there, DJ Rod, brother, he's doing he's doing a lot of the work. I'm just there along for the ride, so he gets a lot of that credit. But he's also got the same mentality I do that we want to be able to help guys yeah. be better guys. We want to make sure that these that that men are better to their wives, mm-hmm. that they're better to their friends, mm-hmm. that they know what to expect, how to dress, mm-hmm. how to be a man, how to accentuate yourself and make yourself from a c plus player to an a plus player mm-hmm. and it's it's all about being a better man mm-hmm. you know and you mentioned you recorded the last show when does that has it already dropped or oh no sir it has not dropped yet and we're going to work on getting it out there we are uh like i said we're just starting mm-hmm. up we've recorded mm-hmm. a few episodes okay but we're just we're just getting rolling and and we want to get our name out there so people know what to expect and mm-hmm. We record every Sunday, mm-hmm. so we're going to try to get the shows out there, mm-hmm. and we're all open. If we are here to help you, y'all can help us by telling us what y'all want to hear from us, what we can do better. Mm-hmm. Because I don't care who you are, you can always be better than mm-hmm. what you are now. There you go. There you go. Yeah, definitely for all you guys out there listening to the show and, you know, either, you know, when it comes out on Wednesday or... Uh, you know, when it uh, in the future, if you listen to it back, you know, go over, give them a follow. Definitely give them the uh, give them the uh, the props that they deserve. And you know, great. You know, obviously, I haven't heard one yet, but I can only imagine when, when Jay Z Flair is involved, it's always going to be a great product, and it's always going to you know you know live up to the anticipation that uh, you know li- live up to the hype. <laughs> yeah, thank you, sir, and I appreciate it. Yeah. We are definitely always going to try to give everything that we can to our listeners. Yeah. You know, and, you know, to kind of segue into the reason for the show today, you know, we sat down. I said, hey, look, you know, I gave you the option, you know, it's that time of the year. You know, it's Valentine's Day coming up tomorrow. And what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than watching the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? (laughs) Ain't that the truth. We ain't talking about the shooting up in Chicago, brother. No. We ain't got no no video of that. If you do... You might want to hit up the Chicago police and give it to them. Cause I'm, but what we're going to talk about today is the massacre of a pay-per-view that was, <laughs> that was on Valentine's Day in 1999. Oh, yeah. But uh, so this uh, this was going to be 20 years, uh, 20 years uh, tomorrow, February 14th, 1999, from the Pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee, before 19,028 fans. Uh, this was a you know i don't want to say it was a really a turning point in the wwf at the time but you know we'll get into it later on but when you're starting to turn that corner you know with wcw wwe get that monday night wars happening going on you know the attitude era is revving up 
this was a prime example of this whole card was a prime example of that uh, corner that they turned for the company and for the and for the uh, the industry too because you know like I said you had the WCW you had the WWE there wasn't really anything else like today where you either had one or you had the other there was no in between um, and like I said this was this was the time where we saw you know dark matches we saw heat. Uh, heat matches as far as Sunday Night Heat on MTV, uh, so it was a good time to be a wrestling fan at this time as well as as, as well as now. Um, so to get started, like I said, we came from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, hot bed of wrestling at this time, uh, and still is. But uh, oh, yeah. we saw a dark match. You know, looking back at it now, um, it was interesting to see these guys were in a dark match, but. Being 1999, it wasn't uh, it wasn't unheard of. We saw too much, which consisted of uh, Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher. You know, later on, Bri- or, uh, too sexy Brian Christopher and uh, Scotty Too Hotty taking on the Hardy Boys, which comes from your neck of the woods uh, down there. Exactly. In Ca- You're not obviously in Cameron, but uh, we saw too much go over on the Hardy Boys in the dark match. Um, you know, now, which nowadays is rare for a WWE event for somebody to go over in their hometown like Brian Christopher. Oh, exactly, exactly. And you know, looking back at it now, it's like, okay, well, okay, now I get it. <laughs> kind of look, kind of trying to look at it now, and obviously we know, you know, after after uh, in this time period, obviously they got elevated quite a bit with the two of them, and then later on added uh, 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 Fat Two. Um, Rikishi, 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 mind you. Uh, and it was funny to, I forgot what, it wasn't this one, obviously, because it was a dark match. They were calling Rikishi Fatu. I'm like, nah, it's a Rikishi. Come on, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe it was, um, I think it was 2000, right when he made that turn over to Rikishi. But, um, so we had a couple dark matches. We had Viscera, uh, accompanied by Midian, defeating Test, who was accompanied by the big boss man. Uh, we'll get into that. Obviously, you see a lot of that in the main card too. It's kind of spill over into the main card, but yeah. uh, we saw. We also saw Billy Gunn being accompanied by fellow DX members X Pac and Triple H take Tiger Ali Singh to a no contest. A and, match that went 45 seconds too long. Uh, <laughs> and I say that yeah. because the match was only 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, and, 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 and your friend of mine, Conrad Thompson, would say one of these is not like the other. And <laughs> you know, Tiger Ali Singh, if you go back and you look at his his work prior to this, he was phenomenal. He's phenomenal work. But yeah. it's just when you certain certain people when they get into the bigger companies, WWE, WWF, or WCW, you know, they're not necessarily written the right way writing in for the right way or anything like that which is unfortunate but you know like they say you know it happens and you kind of got to move on <laughs> yeah now in all honesty tiger alley singh in my opinion he had he had a decent gimmick he had a solid look and i don't mm-hmm. know why he didn't click with the fans if if it was just his in-ring work or whatever mm-hmm. but I, I could understand why they did push him he, he he had everything but the ability to connect with fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. what you need the most. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and you can even compare him a lot to uh, modern day with. Um, uh, <laughs> I know. Who, I know. Who you know where I'm going with this? Yes. Um, crap! I forgot his name now. I had it on my on, on the tip of my tongue. Uh, crud! Shoot. He was in three. He was in three man band. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, crud! The modern day Maharaja. Uh huh. God, I can't. I'll, I'll remember it later during the show, and I'll <laughs> I'll just start yelling his name. I'm sure somebody will like tweet at me or so. I gotta Google it afterwards. But um, but yeah, it was the same sort of time. If you were to put Tiger Ali Singh modern day, I, I think it would have worked. I think it would work. But you know, being at that time in '99, not a lot of people were getting that Indian character. Uh, yeah, it, that we portrayed. Well, that, but but the. Uh... The WWE wasn't really focusing on a worldwide appeal yeah. uh, of of that like they are now, kind of mm-hmm. like they, they were doing with uh, the great Maharaja. Um, and so why why push them like they did uh, the great Maharaja? Yeah. And, gonna, I, I, and, and I hate I can't think of his name either. And that's really me. bad. Gonna, it is. Yes. Yeah, oh, don't worry. It's, it's wearing oh, me out too, brother. Ginger Mahal. Uh, Ginger Mahal. Ginger Mahal. That's it. <laughs> I'm That's like, it. come on. I'm like, I'm trying to think of like Indian names. I'm like, oh, Ginger. And, 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 and the funny part about it is, though, he's Canadian. Oh, no kidding. He's actually from um, Calgary, I believe. He's uh, He wrestled up with, um, uh, I think he wrestled with uh, Natty Hart's husband, uh, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd oh, and, okay. um, and uh, 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 British Bulldog Jr. Well, while we're on that subject, boy, I would love to wrestle Natty. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll, 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 we'll just leave it there because I think everybody can understand without going any farther. I'm pretty sure that we know uh, where you and I are both going to go with that. And we're trying our darndest to keep it uh, kind of a PG-esque, PG-13 uh, uh, show. on So... You know, you can hit Jay-Z Flair up at Jay-Z underscore Flair if you want to get any more detailed oriented <laughs> with that. Uh, DMs and are open. <laughs> and, 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 I'm sure, and I'm sure he would not mind you sliding in, into uh, into the DMs. Um, <laughs> so to get a nice little a different segue into the main card, uh, we saw the opening match, the curtain jerker match, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Goldust taking on and defeating Blue Dust, aka the Blue Meanie. Um, yeah, this was not good. Uh, no, it it was not, and I'll give you that because <laughs> Dustin Rhodes is a, an extremely talented wrestler who who has only gotten better since this time, which is absolutely amazing that somebody his age can can be that much better in the ring as he is now. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, this match should not have opened the show. No, no. And, you know, I think, well, obviously we'll get into that later on when we do our cards, but I just think it would have been, and I just never got the Blue Meanie's character. I've met him a few times at a couple indie shows, but, and he's a great guy. Nothing against him. Absolutely wonderful, man. It's just, in this time period, in this company, it didn't work. In ECW, it worked. It, yeah. You know, and, you know, it just, I don't want to say it rubbed me the wrong way. I just didn't get it, you know. 
you know, I got it later on when he was in when he was in the uh, w, or excuse me ECW previously when he was in ECW, excuse me. But you know, you saw a lot of that in this card where you know you can't blame the individuals. You got to blame the characters, blame the writers, because it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, and, sure. and that's even like with a lot of the modern stuff too. But it's just like now it's like, holy God, what do you, why, why? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, You're right. I, you know, it just doesn't live up to watching it again. I'll tell you that much. But no, uh, and it was it was one of those matches that it it had a hard time keeping my attention, and the only reason it did was because of some of the things they did in the ring where he was actually spanking them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, well, I wasn't expecting to see that. Kind of like when you're driving down the road and you see a, a train wreck, you're like, well, I wasn't expecting to see that. It's not something <laughs> you want to see, yeah. but you're something that's outside of the norm of what you typically see. Oh, yeah. Which which is what Blue Meanie kind of specializes in. But, oh, yeah. Uh, di- like I said, when we get into the, or like you said, when we get back into the rebooking it, we'll, we'll go from there. Oh, yeah, definitely. So our next match was for the Vacant Hardcore Championship which was vacated by Road Dog when he, uh, quote-unquote, was hospitalized. Uh, you know, later on, obviously, we came out the fact that he was uh, in rehab with this. So, you know, it was obviously vacated, uh, unfortunately, because I enjoyed him as a hardcore champion. But we saw Bob Holly, before he was hardcore Holly, defeating Al Snow, to win the hardcore championship, uh, you know, hardcore, you know, hardcore wrestling has a specific uh, demographic. Yes. And you know, if done correctly, I dig it. But you know, some of it, I kind of, sort of, not really got this match and enjoyed it. But it was what it was. I agree, uh, and I love the fact that I think they kind of made up for the fact that they that they knew that they were in a match that they weren't really planning to a degree. They tried to throw a bunch of gaga into it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you know it was well done. It's I think he was in the right spot. Uh, I enjoyed going back and watching it myself, and mm-hmm. thought it was very thought they were very creative during the whole process of it. Yeah, well, you know, our, and our next match was anything but creative. It was the big boss man <laughs> defeating Midian. Um, you know, and it, it really pained me to not like this match because growing up as a, a WWF kid, you know, you saw Boss Man and the, you know, the the big bad copper jail deputy from Cobb County, Georgia, and uh, you know, it just, just it just, just didn't didn't dig it. I didn't dig it. Yeah, just do me a favor. Wake me up when you're done talking about this one. Yeah, okay. All, all, I, all I'll say about this, I got a couple points and we'll move on because <laughs> the rest of the card wasn't too bad. Uh, a lot of boring chants. You know, we saw later on, we saw The Undertaker come out and basically his ministry come out and carry out and beat down the boss man. You know, and then obviously at this time, for those of you that aren't familiar with this time period, we saw you know the factions of the ministry headed up by the Undertaker, and the corporation obviously headed up by by the McMahon family, um, or excuse me, the, well Vince McMahon anyways. So you know they're still playing to that, and it just <sighs> Midian's one of those characters I'll put in the same category as Blue Meanie. Great guy, I'm sure, but just terrible character. Uh, but 
four guys that had great character were in this next match was uh, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry before the foundation of the uh, uh, Nation of Domination taking on the WWF Tag Team Champions, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T, Jeff Jarrett, Ain't He Great, take with his tag team partner, Owen Hart, which you don't need to say much about him uh, because it's always it's always been said, great technician in the ring, probably one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time in my book. Uh, we saw the native from uh, Tennessee, Jarrett and Owen Hart, go over on D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry, uh, where we saw... Uh, Let's put, uh, we saw some chicanery outside the ring with, uh, obviously, Deborah McMichael being in the corner of the tag team champions. And we saw uh, Ivory, she would later be named, uh, in the corner of D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. Uh, Mark Henry was a adopted or given the gimmick of sexual chocolate during this time. Uh, good, bad, and different. Good gimmick, bad gimmick. Eh, everybody needs to have some sort of gimmick at this time. Uh, you know, try to get him over a little bit more than you know than he was. Uh, what says you, Jay Z? Did you did you dig that sexual chocolate gimmick for Henry? And did you, in general, like this match? I I did not enjoy this match at all, which is which is bad because I like. All four of the guys that were in the ring, four yeah. of my favorites during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the combination, or I ain't going to say the combination of them, but the gaga that went along with this match just did not work for it at all. It, it actually brought it down. It, it, you took several high-level, great wrestlers and threw them into some bull junk that they didn't need no part of. Yeah. They didn't need the extra stuff that went along with that yeah. match. And, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah. But I didn't see a need for Ivory there. I'll start yeah. I'll start with there, and we'll get into that a little yeah. bit later on. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed Mark Henry. Mark Henry lived that gimmick up, and when he did his Hall of Fame speech, it was absolutely amazing mm-hmm. how – I could feel and see that they pushed that sexual chocolate uh, gimmick on him because he kind of exudes a little bit of smoothness in him. He kind of exudes mm-hmm. a little a little bit of a player in him. Mm-hmm. And and I thought it uh, – after I heard that, I could see why they wanted to make him sexual chocolate. I mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned bringing up the, um, the Hall of Fame speech that he had. And he – Looking at it now, he was anything in real life. He was anything but that because he's a big family guy. You know, he's got a son himself, you know, wife for as many years. I don't know when he got married, but, you know, for an extended period of time, probably when he was in the business still. But, but yeah, it was just even even the next match on this card was along the same lines. You don't need the extra junk in the match to get it over. With, That's right. Where we saw Vel Venus taking on the Intercontinental Champion Ken Shamrock. Uh, we saw a lot of the shenanigans with Shamrock's quote unquote sister uh, being Vel Venus's uh, friend with benefits, we can say. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we can't, you know, like you said, we'll get into it later, but. 
for the love of God, why do you know they're trying to push all this extra stuff down our throats at this time? And obviously at this time, watching it at that time, I dug it obviously because you know I'm a, at that time I was let's see '99 I was just a freshman in high school. So God, the hormones were going, and that's what they're at. You know that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. But you know, looking back at it now, it's just like, what the heck is going on? Why are we? I get it, you know, but that's why I tell a lot of people now that everybody that are clamoring for current product to go to, you know, uh, to what they were doing at this time with the uh, uh, attitude era, I'm like, it's not gonna live up to the anticipation like it did then. You know, you're not aiming for that now. You're aiming for the kids to the kids to come to the show because That's if right. the kids come to the show, the parents got to come to the show. And yep. when the parents come to the show, they're going to buy the merch, which is a brilliant, you know, it's business now. It's not and it's entertainment. This was for better use of terms, this was more wrestling than it was it is today. Well, in all honesty, they they were focused more on they want to make the matches entertaining. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's the, it's the best way we can make it. Mm-hmm. They, and by making the matches entertaining, then they were going to be focused on making money off of that, where you're 100% right, where now it's a it's all about making money. That's mm-hmm. all it's about. It doesn't matter what happens in that ring. As long as they're making money, they're, they're satisfied. <laughs> they don't care about ratings. They don't care about nothing but money. Exactly, you know, and that's and that's and that's what the that was the main point here. It's just it was what it was, and you know we saw Val Venus become the new IC champion, you know, and rightfully so. He deserved to have the IC title just now with all that, you know, the extra stuff like we said after enduring. Uh, so you know our sixth match out of the eight match card that we had for this match was the Corporation, which consisted of Kane and China defeating DX. DX, excuse me, uh, consisting of Triple H and X-Pac. It was what it was. It, it, you know, there was, like I said before, there was the whole scenario with the corporation and the ministry and the corporation and DX and DX and the ministry. So it was what it was. At this time, you know, we had a lot of factions, so they had to get a lot of this in. You know, trying to figure out how to put 10, uh, 10 pounds of stuff into a five-pound sack. Uh, and, you know, it was what it was. You know, you know, we saw this was the first time, one of the first times we saw an inner, you know, so we saw a woman in the match with China. But, uh, you know, which obviously now it's like second second nature. You know, you see a lot of the times now with the mixed uh, mixed matches. But uh, A complete, a complete waste yeah. Of four, 14 minutes of my life, this match was. Yeah. yeah. A complete waste. Uh, something that I, I don't, I had no use for when I went back and watched it. Uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Mm. D- did not age well at all. And it, and it could be, it could be what I do for a living that made it not age well. It could be the fact that I've gotten older. Mm. Um, but something that I would want no part of in 2019. Yeah, you know, and there's and there's certain companies, certain promotions out there. I'm sure you know. You keep your eye peeled on the, you know, whether it be in the indie circuit or whether it be, 
you know, the high, the quote unquote glorified indies where you see a lot of the, you know, big names on it. Uh, you see a lot of the intergenders and you see a lot of, um, you know, men versus females. And I just, I get it. I, you know, you know, you're trying to, you know, gender equality. I get that. It's nothing. I'm not diminishing that. It's just sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And you just, you know, you take it with, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but, uh, you know, these next two matches definitely lived up to, uh, to my anticipations anyway, yes. for this pay-per-view, you know, we'll get into it later, but we saw the WWF heavyweight championship on the line, the champion mankind taking on the rock in a last man standing match. Um, so a little bit of history with this. We know we saw the I Quit match previously to this with The Rock and Mankind. Um, and then we saw this match. We saw Mankind and The Rock go to a draw, which basically meant that, you know, looking back at it now, they didn't, they both didn't get up. They didn't answer the count of 10 from the referee. You know, we saw this later, this night after this pay-per-view we saw that uh, The Rock ended up defeating Mankind to win the heavyweight championship on Raw uh, the next night. But for this match, it wasn't for the build. This was built so well. The one thing that I do miss from this time period were the vignettes that they had before the match even started. Yeah. And, you know, we see a, a little bit of it today, but, you know, not to this extent where, you know, they were doing it with Mankind and The Rock. And then even, uh, you know, pushing forward to uh, later on with Mankind and Cactus Jack. With going against Triple H and all that jazz later in the future. Give it another year or two um, after this. But I enjoyed it. I don't know, you know, it's not for everybody. I'll tell you that much. A lot of the last man standing matches aren't for everybody. The More of the, the hard quote-unquote hardcore-esque matches but i digged it anyways <laughs> and it was, hey man when you got the mankind the mankind i apologize when you got mankind and the rock <laughs> together in a match like this you know they're both going to bring their a game mm. and they did and they did remarkably well mm. i cannot believe how good this match was you know and, and mankind mick foley whatever whoever whatever you want to call them you know, you go back a number of years with Mick Foley, you know, back to the WCW days when he had his feuds with, like, the likes of Kevin Sullivan or the Abdullah the Butcher matches or ECW when he was with uh, with them. Uh, previously to this, you saw the hardcore legend, you know, with Terry Funk even. And like I said before, when we talked about the Holly, Bob Holly and the Al Snow match with the hardcore title. Hardcore wrestling isn't for everybody, and I think at this time, you know, Foley was trying to get away from that, for me anyways, I don't know how you feel, but he was trying to get away from that moniker as a hardcore legend, he wanted to be more known as a wrestler. Um, obviously, yeah. we know with the Hell in Cell matches and, you know, the, the, the gimmick matches that he was in, but it wasn't a full-blown, hey, I'm going to be hung up by barboy or match kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I never quite got it until I started rewatching a lot of his stuff, and I'm like, okay, 
I get it now. You know, I get his characters, whether it be Mankind, Cactus Jack, and even when he was portraying himself as Mick Foley later on. You know, I got it now, you know, looking back on it. But like I said, it's not, you know, certain characters not for everybody. Yeah. And and I, that's kind of what I liked about Mick Foley was the fact of he could twist his persona to fit what he needed. Mm-hmm. And I know he didn't have the best looking body and he wasn't the most technical wrestler, but he always delivered. Wait, and he, you know, always. he could always reinvent himself too. You know, there's yes. not too many, there's not too many people today and too many guys or gals even currently that can do that. You know, you got the guys like Foley, Undertaker, um, Jericho even, that can constantly reinvent themselves under different characters or different personas and make it work. You know, there's not too many people that can do that now. And that's I think that's one of the things that are missing today in uh, in current product is you don't have guys like a Foley or Jericho or Undertaker that can reinvent themselves over and over again for an extended period of time. 15, 20, 30 years, like even, like I said, previously when we talked to Ric Flair, you know, he didn't have to reinvent himself. He just, you know, he went from face to heel, face to heel numerous times, but, you know, you know, he made it work and these guys made it work too. But, um, yeah, you know, another thing that worked was this next match. It was, it was, it was funny for me to see the, uh, the steel cage match, but it wasn't big old blue. That we saw previously, we saw them painted black, which yep. kind of symbolized, to me anyways, the changing of the guard from, you know, that, the glory the gold, days. Yeah, the golden era to the yeah. attitude area. Exactly. And, you know, later on after we saw this, this match, they adopted the, um, you know, the chain link fence that we saw, that we see today, and then we saw, uh, you know, a lot across the board on the you know the rest of the promotions now whether it be roh or impact or uh even a lot of the indies that will adopt adapt excuse me the you know the chain link fencing for the steel cage match uh you know we saw this stipulation where we saw mr mcmahon taking on steve austin steve austin clearly uh, we know went over on on, on, on McMahon, but we saw the debut of uh, the big show, Paul White. And, you know, this was the time where there were basically, they gave him a lot of money to come over, jump over, jump ship from WCW. Uh, we saw him basically come through the ring, which we didn't see that often through uh, from other guys other than The Undertaker or Kane even. Uh you know, you didn't see it happen that often. And it was one of those things where I popped when I saw this. I really yes. did. And this is about yes. the only time that I popped during a big show match. So, uh, <laughs> and like I said, it's nothing previously. It's nothing against personally. It's just, I, I dug him as a, you know, you know, as a big man, I got it, you know, and you can compare him along the lines where they're trying to bill him as the next, you know, Andre the Giant's son. And it just didn't, people at this time didn't dig it, you know, didn't dig the whole character. Oh, the big show or, uh, whatever. And, you know, I believe it was at this time, it was, uh, uh, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole on commentary. And, 
you see here Mike oh my god that's gotta be Paul White that's gotta be Paul White and it's just like okay well now you know him as the big show it's like okay well whatever man but yeah you know we saw Austin obviously defeat him and go on the stipulation was the winner of this match would go on and face the champion at WrestleMania 15 uh and you know obviously now that we know the situation and we know the history behind it we saw we'll see the first inclination of austin and rock at 15 uh and you know obviously we know where that we know where that ended up but this match we saw a lot of you know running around the cage with mcmahon chasing you know austin and in, in toast chasing them after it and it's just like okay well he beat the holy dog tar out of him when he got in the ring though and uh yeah, it was it definitely lived up in my anticipation. I'll tell you that much. And also believability. Exactly. Completely, completely believable the way they put that together. Yeah. There is no reason whatsoever that Vince should have ever tried to stand toe to toe with Stone Cold. If Vince would have, it would have completely diminished Stone Cold. Um, there is no reason that you know the way they portrayed Vince that he should be able to be in the ring with with him make him look as good as that he uh or that stone cold would look as good as or excuse me vince would look as good as stone cold it just would not make any sense it wouldn't be believable uh and the way they introduced the big show it's perfect Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely perfect yeah yeah and like i said we know what obviously what the history history had written for him and after the fact but uh, yeah, it was definitely all in all, as far as a pay per view. Obviously, we the reason why we're here, we want to rebook it. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, all in all, you know, the last I'd say about half the card was kind of okay. I'll, kind of bathroom breaks. I'll go give it beer or I'll go to the John <laughs> or whatever type of matches. But you know, for the most part, you can probably go on here and say, hey, yeah, there's about four matches here that you could, you know, you really hang your hat on and make it make it decent for you. But, um, but yeah, it's... Well, it, it's one of those things of, and I was thinking the same thing, but you got to remember, we're between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Yeah. And I feel like that it's treated differently now because I think WWE realizes that this time period for them is their high point. This is the time that they need to be stepping on the gas and be full throttle that they need to treat the pay-per-view between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania as something that, and I don't want to say it's as big as the big four, but it needs to be up there. They need Mm -hmm. to keep pushing the buttons where in this time period, 99, they kind of felt like, well, it's time for us to take a breath. Mm Mm-hmm. It's time for us just to, to pump the brakes a little bit and slow down before we push on through, and it's mm-hmm. just not. And this felt like to me that they were pumping the brakes for no reason. You know, and and it's a, that's a perfect segue, so definitely the pumping the brakes we can do is our great sponsors over at Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. 
Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all of our listeners here at Revisionist Booking Podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code PERSPECTIVE to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for supporting the network. And as always, you're welcome. Oh, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. so now, so now, Michael, whoa. when you're Michael's going to be listening to this after the fact. So, Michael, you can plug in the blue chew ad here. So, I wanted a good segue to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, the main reason why we're here is to rebook this card in ways of, that we thought would make it a little bit better. So, Jay Z, with being our guest, feel free. Take the honor going first. What is your first match that you're going to rebook this card with? Well, I'm going to have to do away with the gold dust and blue dust match. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't believe that that should have been the first match of the show because it just it doesn't grab your attention. It doesn't really draw you in it and keep you wanting to watch to see what's coming up next. Um, I feel like that should have been something that would have pushed a further angle. Uh, push something further in the show. It might have been a good spot for the boss man Midian match. Uh, mm-hmm. Something something that we could be uh, actually looking forward to mm-hmm. for something later on in the match. But or excuse me, in the card. But mm-hmm. and, and I and I know the gold dust blue dust match has a spot in the card. It's just not the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 Hardy Boys and too much would have been better in this spot. Yeah. But it just it did not have that opening match feel to me. It just set a bad tone for the rest of the show. Yeah, no, definitely get that. Definitely get that. So, you know, my first match, I'm gonna start it hot. I'm gonna start it with a homecoming match, a home homecomer match. Basically, we're gonna have the tag team championships on the line leading off the card. We're gonna have Owen Hart and J E Double F J A Double R E Double T. Ain't he great, Jeff Jarrett, putting the titles on the line. Still, I'm going to still have him go against D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry, but I'm not going to have the extra shenanigans with Deborah and, and Ivory there. I'm going to have him, I'm going to give him a second chance. I'm going to have them go head at, head, or uh, balls to the wall and put on a great match like they should. Uh, yes. Do away with this whole shenanigans with Henry being hurt and all that jazz. You know, have at it. You know, I'm going to still have Jeff Jarrett and uh, Owen Hart defeat D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry to regain, retain their championships and, and make this feud go a little bit farther, too, um, because I know it would definitely do well. So, Absolutely. And and, my, and you're exactly right. And that was the thing I was getting to earlier was yeah. Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart are not the most charismatic two guys, so I can understand why they, why they have Deborah. D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry do not need Ivory at yeah. all, mm-hmm. at all. D'Lo Brown is a, is one of my favorites from the Attitude area. Mm-hmm. The gun can draw your attention like no other. Now, I don't know what neck injury he received to make his head bobble that way. <laughs> he, ought to th- he ought to thank God for that injury. Uh, but 
definitely a match that did not need uh, Ivory involved. Yeah. yeah. At all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. No, I get that. So what? Uh, what's going to be your second match? Uh, I don't see an issue with the Al Snow hard holly, uh, hardcore Holly match being second at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Solid 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 hardcore match love that they went outside i love that they actually got into the river um and it's a it's a good break from actual wrestling matches Mm -hmm. for somebody if they're not into hardcore matches to to go relax go to the bathroom go do what they need to do um but i believe it was in the perfect place on the card yeah definitely and uh yeah can't go wrong with that so you know my next match we're gonna have you know, you mentioned the Gold Dust. I'm gonna have Gold Dust in my next match, but I'm gonna have him take on Val Venus in a number one contenders uh, match for the IC Championship. You know, history being told, we know what these two gentlemen had, had did for the Intercontinental Championship. Made it relevant. They had great gimmicks. Uh, you know, I'm still gonna have Gold Dust go over on Val Venus to become the new number one contender for the IC Championship. But, you know, just like the previous match I had, they're going to put on a hell of a show. They're going to put on a hell of a, uh, uh, um, hell of a, uh, hell of a clinic. I can tell you that much. So, other than that, we should uh, be on our third match there, Jay-Z. My, all right. My, my next one would actually have been, have, uh, been Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart with uh, D'Lo Brown and, and Mark Henry. Minus Ivory. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, like I said previously, when you when you brought it up, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry don't need Ivory like uh, Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart needed Deborah. Yeah. Uh, the Double J needed them Double Ds, brother. That's, <laughs> and, and I hate to say that because Jeff Jarrett is another one who has come a long way, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, he in the '90s and early 2000s, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with him and didn't get him. Uh, I met him a few times. The man is absolutely as genuinely nice person as I've ever met, and that has earned him a lot of uh, respect from me. And mm. and I believe he's earned a lot of respect from the fans, and he's finally starting to click. And that could be because of this new era of smart fans that can see what he does and why he does it, mm. where it used to not be that way. And they're starting to understand Jeff Jarrett. Maybe Jeff Jarrett was ahead of his time in '99. Mm-hmm. And I hate to go back and admit that, but the man's got a mind for the business, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But like I said, Ivory was a waste here in this match. Yeah. Complete waste, complete waste of time, and a complete ruining of this match. Yeah. No, I get that. You know, and to kind of piggyback off that for my next match is another great mind for the business was X Pac, and I'm gonna have him in my next match taking on and defeating uh, Kane. Um, obviously, we know pre after this we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of matches with these two. Uh, I'm going to have X Pac go over on Kane to kind of keep that uh, you know keep that uh, storyline going between the two of them, between DX and between um, the uh, corporation. You know, still go along those same lines as uh, as they are at this point. So, my next match is X Pac defeating Kane. Nice. Yeah, you go. nice. Right, so, so you got go ahead i apologize brother my, my connection dropped a little bit no you're good um, so yeah you're not your fourth match my man all right my fourth one i'm gonna have to and i'm, I'm kind of doing a roller coaster right here in the beginning 
Uh, this is where I would have had gold dust and blue dust. Okay. okay. Uh, a great comedic match. Mm. And and comedy wrestling has its place. I know a lot of people don't like it, uh, which is great for being in the middle of the card. Mm-hmm. Gives you a chance, like I said, to go use the restroom. Gets you a chance to take a breath from an otherwise great match before. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it to a degree. Yeah, well, <laughs> it ain't going to be the most technical match, yeah. but it definitely has its spot on this card. It was just not the first match. Yeah, no, I get that. You know, and, and like I said, I'm going to piggyback off you once again. Um, I'm going to have a match that wasn't on the main card, two teams that weren't on the main card. I'm going to have the Hardys taking on the Brood. Uh, and for those of you that don't know who the Brood are, one of first and foremost, you can go out and Google them. Uh, but they consisted of a very young uh, Edge and Christian. So obviously, this is kind of a precursor to obviously what I know now, but I'm like, you know what, why not? They're doing this whole thing with uh, the ministry. They're doing the whole thing with all these these uh, factions. I'm going to have the Brood defeat the Hardys and try to get some sort of, uh, uh, you know, tag team division established at this point. Because uh, obviously you can only have the straps on Owen and Jarrett for so long before, you know, you kind of move them on to somebody else. So I'm going to have the Brood, Edge and Christian, defeat the Hardy Boys. Hey, I, and I absolutely love that. And that would yeah. have been a great match yeah. for what they started to get into later in 2000, 2001 yeah. with TLCs. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And we're not talking 10 day lover care. We're talking tables, ladders, and chairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. So what, what do you got you for your uh, for your swing match, that fifth match? The, the next one I would have had would have been Boss Man, and uh, I would have got rid of Midian being in that match and would have put in Bradshaw, okay. and I would have made that an absolute Ooh, wow. knockdown, drag-out, tail-beating match. And I mean just in ugly match i'd have made it no no holds barred yeah uh i wouldn't really push the hardcore deal but i would have made it a brutal match where you were trying to figure out how either one of those two guys got out alive yeah uh, and you still would have got the same ending with boss man being drug out mm. but I just felt like Midian didn't pair well with Boss Man, where Bradshaw, and I know he was in a tag team with with uh, with Farouk at the time, but mm-hmm. I I just felt like Bradshaw would have fit that role a whole lot better. Yeah, and that match would have been a whole lot better if you'd have just had a, I mean, a match you'd have been scared for your mama to watch. <laughs> that that's for darn sure. You know, mm-hmm. and like like I said, I think we're gonna pretty much. I think you know. Unfortunately, I'll admit it, great minds think alike when Michael and I do it, but in this aspect, great minds think alike with me and you, Jay-Z. I'm going to have the boss man in my next match, but I'm going to have him take on Triple H. Uh, you know, another young guy getting started in the business, Triple H, or in this this era anyways, not in the business, but I'm going to have Triple H defeat the boss man and, uh, you know, continue, like I said before, continue this feud with DX and the corporation. Uh, you know, I'm going to have Bossman, as much as, you know, people not give him credit for, he's a good worker. He's going to put over a Triple H at this point and, uh, and, you know, and really get him over as much as he can. So my next match is going to be Triple H defeating the Bossman. Solid. Absolutely solid. And and I think we both agree that Midian 
just does not belong in this match at all. No, and I just at all. Even when he was uh, the hog farmer, he wasn't. He didn't belong. You know, no, when he I was, agree. you know, but you know, it was what it was. You know, you're not gonna have it's not gonna be all peaches and cream at this time, and even prior right. to this, you know. So, and, and I and I enjoy the Godwins, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely something he did not need to be in this position or on this card. Yeah, in '99, he was actually he was absolutely a waste of of a spot. Yeah, no, I get that, I get that. So. All right, so we're coming down the home stretch. We got three more matches left. What, um, you know, what's what's your sixth match? Uh, I would have had the Val Venus and Shamrock match. I would have switched that around. I'd have made Shamrock a, a ref, um, and made Billy Gunn in that match with, with Val Venus. Mm. Uh, it's just something I, I couldn't get into. Shamrock is somebody I just never mm-hmm. had any interest in what's, mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Val Venus or Val Venus nor Billy Gunn really fit well with Shamrock. Right. Uh, I just feel like Shamrock needs to be coached through everything as far as a wrestling match goes. And I and I understand he was a he's a legit man, and I wouldn't say that to his face. I promise you that. <laughs> I would I would tell that man to his face he was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Yeah. But uh, Shamrock is somebody who has no interest in me and has no reason whatsoever to have a, a championship belt on his waist. Yeah, he definitely definitely could probably bend you up into a uh, into a pretzel. So I'd shoot him. <laughs> so and I don't mean, and I don't mean with a shoot hold. I mean I would legitimately pull a gun on my head <laughs> if he come after me. Get away! Get away! Get away! Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna actually. God, I can't believe this, but we're actually thinking a lot alike. But my next match is going to be for the IC Championship. Ken Shamrock taking on Billy Gunn. Uh, we saw Billy Gunn as the referee in the main in the main card. I'm going to have Billy Gunn go over on Ken Shamrock and become the new IC Champion. Uh, just for the a lot of the same reasons as you brought up. You know, just never got Ken Shamrock as a wrestler. Great MMA fighter, uh, and you know. Great shape, great this, great everything. I just didn't, you know, I didn't get him as a uh, as an IC champ. Uh, you know, not to say that, uh, you know, I would uh, definitely not say that to his face, but because uh, I, I I I like living and I like walking, so I'm sure if I told that to him to his face, I'd be uh, quadriplegic and. Uh, Oxygen smells good. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So I'm still gonna have Billy Gunn defeat Shamrock, becoming IC champion, and then obviously in my first or my second match, excuse me, we saw uh, Goldust uh, defeat Venus to be the IC uh, number one contender. So you know, setting up that Goldust Billy Gunn, something that you know we saw a little bit about, but you know, I definitely want to see see in the future. So we'll go with that and. you know, we can actually go with these two, probably, we can call them semi-made events at this point. So, uh, you know, probably along the same lines, probably be along the same lines as the next two matches, but I'll let you uh, let you go with your seventh well, match. And uh, and I had to completely get rid of the Kane, mm. China, and X-Pac and Triple H match just because of the fact of, Everybody knew at that point that Triple H and China had been in a relationship, and for me to sit there and watch them physically fight, and I and I know it's in a ring, mm-hmm. completely completely turned me off from their match. Once I saw them get into it, 
I just stopped and I just skipped ahead and, and I and I hate to say that, but it's just it completely detested me to, to even think that that something like that would be happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it and I know intergender wrestling right now is getting ready to to start coming about, but it's completely different when it's somebody that was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just like me and my wife. If me and if me and her broke up. I don't think nobody would want to watch us wrestle. Nobody would want to watch us fight. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a few people out there who would like to see it, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but the thing is, it's, it's, it, it just completely turned me off from that. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would definitely have to go on to the next match. Yeah. Um, I would actually have switched. Mm-hmm the Stone Cold Vince McMahon match with the Mankind Rock match just because of the championship uh, title belt. Um, I would have had the Stone Cold McMahon match next, and, and I really don't know another way you could work it. I know Stone Cold was the hottest thing in wrestling at this time, uh, but I just did not feel like the mm-hmm. fact of what, of what he was chasing after, if it is that important to, for him to have, it should be headlining the match bef- or the, should be headlining the show before mm-hmm. the WrestleMania he's going to. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, they made it look like Stone Cold was bigger than the championship. And even if that is true, mm-hmm. it should not have took place before WrestleMania, your biggest show. Hey, before Survivor Series, before SummerSlam, before Royal Rumble, yes. But before WrestleMania... No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like I said before we got to these two matches, we're, we're probably going to agree 110%, and that's exactly what happens. I'm going to have that Austin McMahon match go before this, uh, before the title match, because my opinion is the title, the heavyweight championship match should always be the last match, should always be the main event, uh, and you can't make, you can't be more than the championship. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to have Austin go over on, on McMahon, to, uh, Absolutely. to to go forward with the Rock and Austin uh, matches that we saw numerous times after this fact. But I'm still going to have Austin and McMahon have a stipulation. I'm going to have him in a last man standing match, um, you know, because you don't want to take away from the title match. Uh, you're still going to have some sort of stipulation because you're going to have that, you know, they both hate each other storyline wise. You're going to have to have some sort of stipulation. I'm not going to have a steel cage because a steel cage would take away from the championship, but I still want to have some sort of stipulation there with the last yeah. man standing. So, uh, but, you, but, but you have to. Or you, yeah. Well, I don't say you have to, but... It's a good idea. Uh, it is. It yeah. is because like you're, 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 you have to build up on other people's handicaps. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I can obviously we both are going to have... Uh, um, we're both gonna have the Rock and Mankind in the t- for the title main event. This uh, you gonna are you gonna have any different scenarios or? No, not not at all. Uh, I actually enjoyed this match a whole bunch, and I love the fact that they ended it on a draw mm-hmm. because it made it made both men look just as tough as the other. Yeah. If uh, if Rocky one had have ended that way. Rocky two would have been that much better, <laughs> you know? but it, uh, it, it was a great match, man. And, and the rock and mankind are known for bringing it to the next level. And mm-hmm. I felt like at the end of this, the rock was able to draw on mankind's toughness to make the rock look tougher. Mm-hmm. And mankind was able to draw on that charisma that the rock had. Mm-hmm. And it put both of them up another level. Mm-hmm. 
neither one of them lost anything. Yeah. They both gained, yeah. and that is the perfect outcome yeah. for a match. The yeah. perfect outcome, yeah. and a great way to close a, a show. Yeah, yeah, a you great know, way. You know, and I kind of I want to go along the same lines that you did, but you know, I'm I'm in this aspect. I'm going to do away with how it ended up. I'm going to have the Rock go over on Mankind to become the new champ because we saw it anyways the next night. Uh, but for this pay-per-view, I'm going to have a um, main event in a three stages of hell match. Um, f- basically, for those fans that are listeners that don't know what a three stages of hell match is, you're basically picking three stipulation matches and putting them into one match. So I'm going to have, I'm still going to have that steel cage that we had with the McMahon Austin. I'm going to have that be the last stage. I'm going to have a hardcore match. And then I'm also going to have to start off, I'm just going to have a regular, you know, I'm going to have a submission match to start off this trilogy of matches. But I'm going to have The Rock beat Mankind two uh, two stages to one. I'm going to have Mankind win the first match in a submission match because obviously we know we're going to have the Mandible Claw. So you're going to have to live up to his side, you know, Make sure you give yeah. it to him. But I'm still going to have Rock basically, you know, literally beat the tar out of mankind. And as you said too, Jay-Z, these, somebody has to lose and somebody has to win, but they're both going to technically win out of this match either way. Yes. So, yes. you know, they're both – you're still going to make mankind, a, you know, that brute, brute tough wrestler. And you're going to have the Rock go, go on farther to, you know – the heights that we saw him go uh but you know you're not gonna nobody's gonna lose in this match one way or no. another so no they and they both come out looking better than they did when they came in man it was it was absolutely a, a wonderful match yeah absolutely yeah and, and and i think you know looking you know looking at it in hindsight now obviously rebooking at this point i really thought that it would have you know not to toot our own horns, but we re- I really thought that these your card and my card really would have made it a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, it just – it was what it was. But um, but first and foremost – I'm sorry, go ahead. Not a, yeah, it, it wasn't a really a horrible pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, it just it – just, it needed a little polishing. That's all it really needed. And, and of course, we're going back looking at things that we didn't know backstage. Maybe somebody had problems with this and all, mm-hmm. or that. But um, – a little bit of tweaking here, and you could have made a, a two or a two or three star pay per view into a six star, without a doubt. Well, everybody, everybody on here is abs- was absolutely amazing. Well, that would be without question, and obviously, if it was in the Tokyo Dome, it'd be like an eighteen star <laughs> match. So, um, <laughs> everybody but Midian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put Midian Viscera in the back and have him be have like a. Uh, have a uh, I don't know have him have him have a slumber party or something I don't know, uh, but uh, you know lastly you know first and foremost I know I'm not speaking for Michael but I'm sure I could be. Thank you very much for t- coming on today, Jay Z. It was a long time coming. We definitely wanted to have you on since we started the show uh, to get uh, you know we know you're a huge wrestling fan and uh, you know kind of plug a lot of your stuff too so. Uh, you know, just take the last few minutes, you know, you, you plugged a little bit on, but, you know, lastly, to leave them on a good note, uh, you know, plug everything that you got going on between yourself, the, the Bojangles and uh, American Lucha Wrestling, as well as the uh, podcast coming out. Yes, sir. I am Jay-Z underscore Flair on Twitter. 
Uh, I'm getting ready to start a podcast with DJ Rod. It's going to be over at on Twitter at WTW Smoothcast. I am the one, the only, reigning, defending, undisputed Bojangles champion. If you live in the South, make sure you go by and get a Cajun filet biscuit with a little bit of cheese. I have t-shirts for sale at whatforapparel.com slash Jay-Z Flair. Go over there and get you a shirt or two. Support me and my bride. We absolutely love meeting y'all <laughs> everywhere that we are. Um, you know, if you see us out in public or see us at a wrestling event, please stop and speak to us. Please. We absolutely love it. We want to know that people out there enjoy us and, and love what we do. Like I said, we, we do this for y'all. We do it for people that enjoy it. We just want to bring a little bit of happiness into people's lives, man. Yeah, there you go. Um, and, and that's what it's about to us. And, and the T-shirt store isn't about us lining our pockets. It's, it's actually about us being able to travel to where y'all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, it, that is the sole purpose of us actually starting to sell T-shirts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so we have a way to actually uh, finance our trips without breaking our, breaking our bank. Um, so please, if, yeah. if you see a shirt you like, order it up. Uh, hit me up with a DM. If you want a phone call, I'll call you. I don't care. She'll call you. We don't care. We are, we are easy to get along with people. We, yeah. we are here to make sure people are satisfied with what we do, my man. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, and you can do the same thing for us out there, too. Go head over to what4apparel.com forward slash revisionist booking or revisionist book. And uh, you can check out all our shirts there. We got everything from A plus or A for effort with my shirt. You got the magical voice is for me as well. You got the golden voice for Michael. And then if you don't like any of those, we still have one of the show shirts out there as well. Numerous colors, hoodies, you name it, they got it. Whatforapparel.com forward slash revisionist book. Hit us up on Twitter at revisionist book. Hit Michael up at Michael Berry Sr. Hit me up at Krasinski RJ. But if you follow us on the show's page, we have both our handles right there as well. So, my, or excuse me, I, I called you Michael. I apologize excruciatingly yes, for that, Casey. I have been called a lot worse. <laughs> as long as you don't call me Dave Hancock, we are good. Oh, God. I don't, I don't think we could ever do that. <laughs> Love you, Dave. If you listen, love you, Dave. But I can't. I can't do that to Jay Z. Uh, so Jay Z, I appreciate you coming on and joining us today and becoming part of the Revisionist Revolution. We'd love to have you on again soon. Hey, brother. Anytime you you know the deal, just hit me up and I'll do the best I can, brother. Awesome. I appreciate you even inviting me on. Uh, anytime, hey, man. And make sure you tune in next week. We're gonna have uh, Tom Collyhu from. Uh, PW Torch. We're going to be going over uh, No Way Out 2000. So make sure you uh, you know get your questions over to us if you have anything, and uh, make sure that uh, you tell your friends. And as always, let the revisionist revolution begin. Well, before we let you guys go this week, as you can tell, RJ had his fun at my expense with his guest Jay Z Flair this week on revisionist booking but next week i shall take my revenge next week rj you're gonna bow to the master and you will break it down see you all next week where rj will get his medicine once again and now you may proceed with letting the revisionist revolution begin 
And as always, you're welcome. <laughs>